It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. Someone bought that in 1960 looking like that. Yeah, we're recording. Okay, hi everybody. Hey, so uh, so we're at uh, Jeff Garland's house, man. In my basement. Yeah. And I was just saying that maybe you can slide that back here. Yeah, so you want to be comfortable. Thanks, man. Okay. Um, I just pu- pushed a life-size tiger sculpture out of the way. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Like, I, I don't have a life-size tiger. But they, if they listen to your show, they know you're making that up. Anyhow, what was I uh, saying? Even I remember what I was talking about. Talking about you- oh, the podcast thing. Okay. And I said, you know, maybe, because I used to do a podcast. You did? Uh, live from Largo. It was called By the Way. And I had lots of, you would be on it now. It would be, uh, it's like, um, had welfare. Like, I, I had lots of people. Mike well, how Moore, anymore? Larry did it all the time. Larry and the, I still interview people. I just don't do this a podcast. I ain't got time, man. Right, yeah. Especially now. Are you kidding me? Well, you could get someone to edit it for you. You could just sit. Yeah, and... but that's me having to get all this stuff. It's not, trust me. But you go on Marin. Well, no, I've been on Marin a, a few times. No, but I was saying, maybe I should start a podcast again from this room. It's like a music room, yeah. editing room type thing. And uh, maybe I should uh, do a podcast on Jeff Garland's basement. But that's too much like Mark Marin with. He's in his garage, I think. Oh, oh. I've been in his garage. It's not, I think. I know he does it from his garage. Well, I mean, you can... Whatever you can do, like a, a, a companion brother podcast. Well, there are no brotherly things with Mark Marin. Is he like a classic? He's how you think. He's he's how you think he is, yeah. and I'm how you think I am. <laughs> and when we're together, I make fun of his negativity, and he makes fun yeah. of me for being. Because I that's his persona on the Louis C.K. show. Well, that's who yeah, he is. That's who he is. Yeah. But I also he gets frustrated because I only show him respect and kindness and love. Right, right. He's like, "Why are you always so damn nice to me?" If he get pisses him off, well, how else am I gonna be? I'm happy to know him. He may he's a curmudgeon been. and all that shit, yeah. but I dig the guy. When I used but, to do stand up, that's why I I couldn't do it. I because I'm you know gen, genuinely like a. You know, like a gregarious person, right? And a lot and, of comedians behind the scenes. I would, I would have a good night. I come off stage and I would be looking for high fives, and the people no would just be like, "Get the fuck five. out of here!" Yeah, get the fuck out of here! Why do you I know, give a shit? Sipping their drink and yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's also, it's, you know. By the way, really I think no that I, but I also, that's why I got into improv. Because you, know, um, you, you have to support when you're on stage. Yeah. But improv, having done both improv and stand up, and now I improvise on my stand up. I can tell you flat out that improvisers are much crueler people than comedians. (laughs) Improvisers, yes, because there's always backstage fighting. Comedians don't give a shit about you, but but for the most part, there's competition and jealousy. There is. I want you to just just there we go. There we go. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, But anyhow, yeah, I mean, there's always competition and jealousy in almost anything. But stand-up comics generally aren't encouraging, but they're supportive. They're like mid-tempo, like, yeah, you can do that, and you experience what I experienced, so I'm good with you. But God forbid, any one of them should go, great set. Oh, now, yeah. the reverse on, on when you're in an improv group, everyone is talking behind everyone else's back, and they might say to you, great show, and later say to three of your castmates, <laughs> didn't he suck up the place? That's what I witnessed at Second City. <laughs> That's what I've always witnessed, right. and I never have experienced that from comedians. I mean, there are some comedians that are dicks, but everybody knows who they are, and they run. Who was in your second city class? The people, well... Is it classes? Cause I, yeah. No, it's not. You don't do it by the class and whatever. It's not that. It's not, there's, there's a few different stages. There's the main stage and then the ETC stage, and now they've got a bunch of other stages, but etc. And they put on these reviews in, in the shows. So you can, like, maybe I'm in the touring company at the same time somebody's on main stage, and, you know, it's like they have two touring companies, sometimes even three. So there isn't a class, but who was around when I was there? Um, yeah, who were Tim you, Meadows. Who were you working with? Tim Meadows. Tim yeah. Meadows, for sure. Um, what years? What, what years is this? Oh, God, let me thank you. We don't have to talk. <laughs> no, it's, it's in the 80s. Okay, cool. Tim Meadows, Mike Myers, wow. um, Bonnie Hunt. 
Wow. Uh, Steve Carell, Steve Colbert, Amy Sedaris. Holy shit! Yeah, and they were around during those other people's days. Wow. It's all like it's not. It's all one big. It's uh, and by the way, a really, I learned so much there, and I love the place. But I was that's where I learned a lot about how cruel improvisers <laughs> are right. and how jealous and everything and they were also mad at me uh, not, by the way i'm not being paranoid they'd be mad at each other too sure i'm saying my thing that i got was they were pretty bitter that i made more money like doing a show of stand-up than they made in a week huh. so they, there was lots of oh and that only came out i swear to god my last meeting with the cast about how angry they because what i also did was i did a stand-up show before an improv show that I did two nights a week, and I made more from one of those shows than they made in a week. So it was like, right, right. it was, and I was still one of them too. They're like, screw, you know, <laughs> no, because I've always had this thing. It can be even with improvisers and stand-ups. <coughs> now it's all evened out, and it's fine. But when I was on stage at Second City, the audience loved me naturally. And I'm not saying obviously, I'm saying they just naturally love me. Okay. No, I mean, because I have a point about, a point about this. It's, it's a humbling. Well, some people have that. that and yeah, yeah, and you have that. And sometimes at certain times you walk out on stage, if you've got this quality, the audience is going to laugh harder at your stuff. And you end up working with people who don't have any sort of magic. But the point being is, so I'd be up at the, I'd be, I'd be improvising and my peers didn't really respect me. Whereas in the world of stand-up, the audiences did not enjoy me. They did not get my comedy. They did not like me. And I was still learning. It was, so the audiences didn't, but the comedians fucking loved me. So I got the love of my peers, excuse me, in stand-up and bitter rivalries. Not rivalries, because I could give a shit. But they would, you know, because I was, you know, even when I was younger, I, 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 you know, obviously had an ego, you know, but now I like to think, I still have an ego, but I like to see myself go, no, thank you, don't visit me. But the thing that I had back then was an ego, but I also had supreme confidence, you know, on stage. And I also, the number of people that come up to me from back then that aren't in showbiz or whatever, told me I, I would tell them how successful I was going to be, that it was just a matter of fact. Right, they were like, you're just going to work. You're going to yeah. work forever. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. I, I never lived up to what I wanted. What did you want? Well, I thought I was going to be like a movie star like uh, Chevy Chase or John Belushi. And, huh. you know, that because that was like, you know, or even Jackie Gleason, what have you. Like, um, And it didn't happen that way, you know. So every year that it didn't, you know, I started when I was 20. I thought I'll be famous next year. Then I thought I'll be famous by 24. Then mm-hmm. I'll be same famous by 27. It wasn't until my early 30s where I said, who gives a shit? Just be great. Right. And that's when my career took off. There you go. Yeah. As soon as, you stop as soon as I stopped caring about what the fame people? aspect yeah. or what other people, like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just started to naturally. We we are fucking all over the place with this fucking conversation. No, no, not really. Have we been that's talking? I forgot. I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. But that's what natural <laughs> conversation is. Oh yeah. That's why. That's what the podcast. I is. would do, well when I would do the show. It was it took place at Largo, this theater, and I had rock and roll people, Henry Rollins, Jeff Tweedy, to like you know Will Ferrell. Um, on your they, podcast. On my on my thing, you know, oh, yeah. Larry David was on, you know. But, like, as remember, I'm leaving out so many people that are just as big enough, bigger than who I'm mentioning, so it's weird. But the point is, people would, this is the last time, because I, I never, I, I'm not big on reading reviews. I actually don't care, to be oh. honest, you know. So people would complain, because I had people on that people really wanted to hear. And it was just, it was billed as, you know, by the way, Jeff Garland in conversation with. Right. I'm having a conversation with. It's kind of like if you were sitting, if we were talking about life, sitting in a booth in a deli, this is what you'd overhear. Right. So it bounces around. Yeah, yeah. And I would do that on my show because it would naturally bounce around. You know, I'd have like J.J. Abrams or Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan, you know, created Breaking Bad. Sure, fuck Okay. So people wanted to hear about Better Call Saul because it was... It was at the end, after Breaking Bad had ended and Better Call Saul hadn't started. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 
they wanted all these questions asked of Vince. And I went, and so there were tons of criticism with other people too on the Apple iTunes thing. He doesn't ask the right questions. He They jump around from topic. It's like I want to just be like, you know, then I want to call my, by, by the way, I wasn't upset, but I did want to call the show, um, I'm not a newsman. Yeah, exactly. I'm not an interviewer. No, let them go. It's not an interview. Yeah, it's a conversation, and there is a, a difference to that, you know. No, there's a. I'm drinking coconut water, and I'm going to tell you, I like it. Jeff Garland for coconut water. What would uh, does it help you? What would what does your diarrhea? Uh, Chris Walken. Chris Walken. How Chris Walken uh, do an ad for this coconut water? When I need to hydrate. <laughs> There's only one kind of liquid that I'll have other than blood. It's called harmless coconut water. <laughs> As you can tell, I laugh so hard at him. I laugh hard at you because we do the Goldbergs together. But I laugh, I laugh uh, uh, hard at you all the time. These little things you do. But also, <coughs> fucking Chris Walken just kills me, man. That's the thing I'm most proud of as a comedian. That I laugh harder and appreciate other comedians more than any other comedian. Which is, a, I'm the most comfortable right. comedian. Like when I go on stage, I am so relaxed and so comfortable. And I know the most important thing is to be funny. But I'm the most comfortable comedian and the most supportive of his peers. Did you say that something porn tonight? It was. Oh, no, that guy was telling a story. Continuity porn. Continuity porn. He and said you, that phrase. And you but, said, hold on. Yeah, because he was just going to say, he was describing, he was pitching a movie out loud, not right. like a professional pitch. And then it's, he goes, you know, there's a lot of continuity porn. And he kept on going, oh, no, 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 go back. Yeah. Continuity porn. Now, anyone who knows anything about movies, I feel, knows that continuity and all that stuff. Uh, Martin Scorsese, I think, said continuities for pussies. Yeah. You know, oh, the sheet moved in a different way. If they're way. looking at the continuity, then you're not doing you're your not job. You're not doing your job. By no okay. So um, this guy said the term continuity porn. And when I, I was like, what the fuck? As if there's people who are like, you know, those napkins match from the last year. I'm going to masturbate now because yeah. this is so hot. Yeah. Like, no one cares about that. And he said it. Or even getting more exciting, like, finding a fuck up. Yeah. You know, By the way, the term like... continuity porn, can I just say, yeah. that's about as pretentious as I've ever heard. Continuity porn. <laughs> if there is, you know who gets off on, on, on continuity? Script supervisors. Oh, yeah. They're the ones who masturbate to continuity because oh, it's their job. Yeah. So it's like, why does anybody listen that the light was a little bit brighter and his hand was on his knee? <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's seriously, man. Do you know the? Do you know? You know what movie is the number one movie they say for having the most continuity problems? Is it The Godfather? It's The Godfather. Is it really? It really wow. is. There are more. It's so goddamn good. You don't. You don't see it. You don't see a thing. Yeah. And then I read through some. I'm like, of course, of course. And then I looked for it and I saw it. But I was so into the stories in all those moments <laughs> that I could give a flying fuck. And the acting and the directing. Are you fucking kidding me? The script? What the fuck? <laughs> but it's The Godfather. More big, supposedly. Yeah. I'm sure there's some shitty movie somewhere. But I bet you in terms of great films... My favorite, sure. my favorite was in Real Genius. There's a moment where Val Kilmer literally... He has earmuffs on, and they disappear, and they come back again, and they disappear in the same fucking, like, five-second scene. And I love that. cracks me up. I love well, it. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Aldemavar, uh, in one of his early movies, uh, the, the, the lead actress had completely cut off her hair. Okay. Like, really, not bald, yeah. but, but, like, you know, cut it short, and her hair was long. And they said, well, we'll make a wig for her. He goes, nah, don't. Yeah, fuck it. And no one noticed. No one ever said a word. Holy shit. Wait, there's a movie called The Obscure Object of Desire. Louis Bunuel, okay? Yeah. Bunuel, Bunuel, yeah, Bunuel. Um, the lead actress in the movie is played by two actresses. One's blonde, one's brunette, and they don't, they don't ever mention. Whoa. They just, you're watching the scene. Now, they didn't do it in a scene where they go back and forth in the same scene. Right. But they did do it from scene to scene, like... One scene would be, like, three scenes would be one actress, and then another actor would pop up for one scene and wow. vice versa. Yeah, and ask me if you gave a shit. 
You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. You buy it. She's the same character. Um, and Sean Hayes was telling me about some meetings that he would have pitching shows, whatever, because really? he's doing a lot of producing. Sure. And they were telling him that it doesn't matter who's in it now. It's all about the concept. But I said, it, I mean, I think it does it matter does more. Matter. It does matter. But whether you got shitty people or movie stars or great actors in a movie, it doesn't matter. Like the person said, the concept, well... Give me a movie with a good concept and a really good script. That matters more than who's in it. Yeah. Because although a studio would argue, because if they have a big star in something, they're sure to get some of their money back. I mean, look at even. The Al- oh, yeah, there's Al- by the way, I mean, actually, there's a point to what he said. Think of that fucking movie, the um, that shitty comic book movie that was just out. That was a huge, huge hit. Right. Yet, it would have been ten times the hit if it was a good story. The Suicide Squad. Ah. Okay? Okay. So, there's a movie. The premise is why everyone went. The right, premise. the bad guys the are bad heroes. Guys. Yeah. yeah, so, and the way they looked in the trailer. So, that's why people went. They yeah. didn't give a shit that Will Smith yeah. was in it. Right. Another true. actor could have played it that would have made the same exact amount of money. That's true. That's, um... He was good. But people love the premise. Right. We just saw King... What do you call it? Con, Con Skull. Skull Island? Yeah, we saw that tonight. I mean, it could... <laughs> it really could have been any Kong. It's just yeah, like, Kong again. Kong, Here yeah. comes Kong. Well, yeah, the, it's all, you know... They're, they're all, all a blur. I know. Like, you're watching but it... But John C. Riley made that movie. He was Riley, so great. The How character about, actors. By the way, they, they John C. Riley, when he's looking at the natives... I don't want to go and even say anything more because no, no, we got spoilers like crazy. Go ahead. Do you spoiler this All show? The time. Don't do that. That's not right. Fuck it. I like talking about. No, this. I don't like spoiling. Okay, you we're talking to about it. Well, yeah, you know the same information because but, because these things come but, out after you know it's. Well but him being so moved by how kind they were to him all those years. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. having moments of teary moments in this crazy real moments and yeah. he, and only his lines are funny well actually I have to take that back only he has comedy skills right there's not a lot of comedy skills in the movie although I was laughing my ass off at many many different parts oh yeah there's a lot of funny things by the way I will not say it's as genius as San Andreas which I said earlier <laughs> like, which is such a horrible movie but it's the best movie I've ever seen you know what I mean the, the rock like, well, my big thing he, is, like drives a boat up a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, the way, but the way I'm like, he's a helicopter pilot. Why is he in a boat all the time? Now? <laughs> and his daughter, who looks almost his age, is like in bikinis for no reason. Right. And and her shirts wet. By the way, that's what I'm saying to you. And the story non-existent. It was nonsense, but I loved it. Did you? I, I love. You were I, worried about the Rock and his family. No. I didn't really worry about them, actually. I just enjoyed everything they tried to make it be. I just bought into it. And not once did I think so it was good, CGI. but at all times, I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it was just, wow, I love that movie. And so in, in that my movie, movie... In that movie, okay, so there's earthquakes. Yeah. And then you could have had the lizard creatures come out of vents in By that the way, movie. By the way, you and I make that movie, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean... What was it? Yes, your movie. Oh, my. Handsome. Handsome. When is this coming out? It's coming out soon. A couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so May. Netflix. Yeah, May 5th. I have the first ever Netflix mystery movie. Great. Which I made, and I'm, I play. Uh, well, the Jeff movie, Garland uh, is yeah. handsome. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Jeff Garland is handsome. The first Netflix <laughs> mystery movie. I played Gene Hansen, a homicide detective. That's great. But in my movie, the second scene, we're talking about the genius of. Of uh, San Andreas. Really? Yeah, because it was in my, on my mind a lot when we were filming the movie. You have Natasha Leone in it? Yeah, Natasha Leone. Yeah, yeah Leone. And uh, I have a big crush on her from the slums of Beverly Hills. We just had uh, Krumholtz on, who was... Oh, right. He was the, in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he was. He plays his sister. Sister, sister yeah, brother, sister. 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 Yeah, um, she's great in my movie. Yeah. I wrote the part for her to be my partner. She looks pretty great. Yeah, you know, she, she's great. She's Everyone, I'm very happy with everyone. Everyone is better than me. Were you a fan of, like, Chinatown? Is that why? You, I love Chinatown. Is that why? But it's you? more of a Columbo type okay, homage. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like if, if Robert Altman directed... Columbo starring Charlie Brown. That's kind of the name. 
I swear that's the movie, you know. <laughs> it's there, but it's a Netflix mystery movie. Did you like Peter Falk? And, uh, I love Peter Falk and uh, everything. The in-laws. Oh, man. Perfection. You know, all uh, what's-his-name's movies that he was in. He just, Peter Falk was great. Yeah. He was great as Columbo. Best TV detective ever. Yeah. I liked when he was, uh, it was like the movie Murder Mysteries or something. It was, uh, it was, it was. Uh, uh, it's like a talking moose in it. Moose head on in it. What? <laughs> Maybe I'm like. Oh, you're, where I'm is that coming? I'm combining movies. That's stuff. crazy, man. Yeah. What you just said. Love Peter Falk, man. His, that was a guy that he, I saw him in, in person once. Oh, you did? Yeah, he, he was in the audience of one of my shows once. Was he? Yeah, I didn't meet him, though. And he's a little guy. Yeah. And I, I saw him when I was a young actor, and I, and I was just like, wow, he's the guy that's fucking shorter than I am. And I was just like, all right, I feel, feel good go. about my height. Well, that now. guy said Zach, what's his name, was short. Zach, uh, I don't know. Efron. Everyone's short. Except for you. Except for me. I'm, I'm the largest <laughs> Jew, except for someone else. Milton Berle. Milton Berle. Milton Berle. You know, I had lunch once with Milton Berle. No way. Yep. Just he and I alone. And were so, you just like, all right, show it to me. Uh, his penis? <laughs> well, you know, the, sto the story is, you know, he goes in the bathroom to go up against uh, another guy. Um, what the hell's his name? I can't think of his name right now. He, um, and, they, you know, they're going to have a penis off in the bathroom. Don Johnson. And they both came out, and then uh, what happened? Another guy was making sure. They both came out, and uh, uh, Milton Berle said, he, uh, "You know who's was bigger?" And Milton Berle said, "I just pulled out about as much as I needed to win." Right, exactly, as much as I needed. I, I actually ruined that story That's in such fine. a big way. You went over to. Uh, you told me you were hanging out with Carl Ryder. And yeah, I had dinner the other night at Carl Ryder's house with Mel Brooks. And, Holy shit, dude! Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, Steve Carell. He's. Uh, I mean, it was really. It was extraordinary. You know, Kevin Nealon. It was because both those guys talked about their careers in detail. Right. Both of them talked about their personal lives in detail. Both of them talked about what they're doing now. Carl writes books. Yeah. Because he doesn't really leave his house much. He's ninety-five. And Mel is remounting um, Young Frankenstein in London. Like, he's he's 90, I think. Wow. You used to watch the Sid Caesar show? Well, I was not alive then. No? No, that was in the 50s. No, I mean, but did you ever watch it? Oh, I saw it. There was, there, was a, um, there was a movie released of, like, the 10 best sketches. Yeah. Uh, but oh, I've seen your show of shows, certainly, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen just about everything comedy, you know. My um, favorite bit from that was, well, there was a... There were two physical bits, and one of them was... I had lunch with Sid Caesar, too. Oh, did you? Yeah, with a bunch of his writers. Sid I met, Caesar. Like, I met all these, like, Amazing. Yeah. He didn't say much. He was very, very Serious frail. guy, yeah. right? Oh, he was frail. He was frail, yeah. Then. So Well, like, I mean, this, you know, this bit is when he was at the... He, it's, it's, it's a famous bit where he... Um, Carl Reiner's looking in the audience like who are we going to get what special person from the audience are we going to bring up on the stage today and then they, they go to Sid Caesar and Sid is just all oh no oh no 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 no, no don't pick me no oh god and then and like he's got this fear of going on stage and they and like it takes a hundred guys he's fighting them all off and then push them on stage he's fixing it oh my god it was so physical and, and I just remember seeing like oh my god he's like the strongest guy in the world and he supposedly was the strongest I, I, he was fucking fighting dude fighting off like 50 guys Tough guy. Big, it was yeah. it, it was a spectacle. And then the other thing was Carl Reiner. I don't know if you know the sketch. Very fancy, fancy party. And Carl Reiner walks in, and every, all the women have the you know the filtered cigarettes and the pearl necklaces, and all the men are you know perfectly quaffed. And he walks in, and he gives like a, a little wink of his eye, and then he trips, and then he proceeds to fall over every single person in the party and crash through every single fucking piece of I never of saw that one. And he falls, and he falls out the door again, and then it's just like you know everyone stands up and applause. You know, he doesn't say um, a word. You can't, who does that anymore? Well. That, that you're talking about greatness there. Yeah. I mean, Larry Galbart wrote on that show, and he's one of the best writers ever. He created Mash, wrote Tootsie. Yeah, he was a brilliant guy. Mel Brooks, Neil Simon. I mean, some pretty good people in there. Maybe we should talk about goddamn Kong. Oh, that's your Samuel Jackson. That is pretty good. Said. It's pretty good. Yeah. I was waiting for him to yell in the movie, but he didn't really do it. Like, I like I thought he was going to yell, I am the goddamn cavalry. But he doesn't say it like that. He just saw, I am the cavalry. 
Yeah, he says that it's, <laughs> it's the new dude. Sam Jackson. Yeah. But the thing is, he's always in those great, like, was it Snakes on a Plane? That's the most famous one. He said yes to Snakes on a Plane. Oh, yeah. No, you know what he said yes to? It's like, they were like, they were like no, 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 that was the working title. We're going to change it. He's like, no, motherfucker. You're going to keep Snakes on a Plane because that's the one I signed up for, bitch. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we're going to call it, like, something else. Uh, Snakes on a Plane the best title ever. <laughs> you better keep it, Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Hey, they should even like do Angry Guys and Hostages. Should be a movie. Right. The CGI was out of control. It was. It was a big ball of who gives a shit. Basically, yeah. In that aspect, I told you I cared about some of the characters, and if, well, I don't. That's where I'll give out. I don't give a shit. And if you're if you're not intelligent, what? Don't no, keep going. No, keep okay. going. I just want to. I want to say if you're not intelligent, you'll be mad at this. Okay. And the thing is, every character you like lives. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the stuff. By the way, early on when they got on that big boat and, you know, the, the big boat with the helicopters on it, this is very early on, everybody. This is not even a spoiler. We, I don't care. No, I but still, still, I remember thinking to myself as I saw people working and I saw character, different actors I recognized, I went, oh, Star Trek. Uh, that's why John C. Riley makes that movie he's the spectacle he's the spectacle he is john goodman what's up with john goodman john goodman by the way he plays with villains a lot now which is weird because he always played like he's got like a weird look in his eye now yeah well he's he's up to something he's hungry he looks he's, hungry. he's, he's very skinny now. i ran into him a while back in the airport he's just the nicest guy he's yeah. a very sweet guy i love uh, him yeah I, by the way right there with you as a matter of fact well i don't i don't really get jealous but i do go you know, he has to say no to something. Why am I not getting that first John Goodman rejection role? Right. I can make a career out of it. And he's bound to make a mistake sometime. He was so good in that movie that was like the sequel to the movie that people didn't think was it. The Underground People. Clover. Oh. Clover, not Cloverfield, the one that they made after. Cloverfield 10 or whatever. Yeah, Clover. The Underground People. Um, no, it's worth saying. By the way, I don't. Want, I, I think people. No, I see. listen. You're by gonna way, love it. You know, there's some that you don't want to see. Because by the way, one thing I was never in that movie was Brie bored. Larson. I was not bored. No, I was never bored. I was never bored. I was so though. By the way, highly entertained. So these 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 shitty movies that Hollywood makes, I think they're a success if we're not bored. My expectations are so low. Right. That to any superhero movie that I'm not bored in. I'm thrilled. Well, this is yeah. This is a Kong is a kind of he's he is a hero, right? And he's yeah. and and you have this fucking, and he's been going since the '30s, so yeah, he's never gonna die. I remember going. It's a good sequel to this. This is late '70s now, but I remember they re-released King Kong the '33 one in the theaters, and I I loved it. I was so mesmerized, even though it was square. Yeah, and it wasn't even widescreen, and the effects were because the story was the best one of all the Kong ones. You like uh, Brie Larson was kind of Brie Larson very looked, cute. She looked really beautiful, and she's a solid fucking actress. She's man. solid, dude. She was. She came. By the way, she came off in that movie more than anyone as non-hackneyed. Huh. I mean, John C. Riley was like was great, right? But I mean, she didn't like you. Didn't like at any point go. You're stupid, you know. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. And that's what you do after you win an Academy Award. You go do Kong Skull Island. Because you got to cash in when you can. Oh, it's yeah. a weird fucking She didn't movie. get paid for the room. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think... By the way, you know the irony is? I got paid for the room. How did you get paid for Don't it? Don't know. Received a check one day for the room. <laughs> you didn't tell me. This should go to... Let me tell you something. Yeah. What is... Uh, I, I... We are... We play brothers on... The Goldbergs. The Goldbergs, yes. And um, we are with the magnificent George Siegel. I'm not talking about George. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have well, to. I mean, I love was, him. By the way, the truth is, though, every time I'm acting with George Siegel, I think in my head is I'm acting with George. George Siegel, man. Yeah, because he was a That's giant a movie huge star. star. Um, and uh, Wendy. Um, Wendy McLaren Covey, who is Wendy McLaren Covey. We call her when I call her sometimes Wendy Willie McCovey. Wendy Willie McCovey. Yeah, Wendy, yeah. She was, I thought, hysterical in uh, Bridesmaids. She was hilarious in Bridesmaids. Jesus. She was hilarious on Reno Nine One One. Oh yeah, she's hilarious. She is hilarious. She made, and she also 
<clears throat> I have a rep reputation with people who work with me, such as yourself, you know this, as being like I'm <laughs> always, I don't want to say the joker because I don't play jokes, but I, if you want nonstop shut up, Jeff, because I'm told to shut up quite often, even by you. I like, never I said focus. shut up. Well, no, but you can't focus, and you are saying shut up, and I'm respecting the fuck out of it. If you say shut up, I'm going to shut the fuck up. I dig it. Well, by the way, if you know somebody digs you, right. they can tell you anything. Sure. Shut the fuck up, and you're all good, you know? But I am the one who will fuck around the most, and um, uh, um, George is either in or out. Right. And it's much more fun when he's in because when he's out and doesn't dig me, it is <laughs> When he's in, he has this hysterical laugh. It's like... Oh, yeah. And by the way, it makes me feel so good that oh, he's laughing God. at me and stuff, you know? He's like Ernie from, from Sesame Street. He's like... <laughs> oh, Ernie, yeah, Ernie, yeah. Ernie. I love, man, George is a legend. Someone... I love coming on the show because I get to be crazy and zany. Right. We are, well, your character yeah. is is what is I am wacko. off screen. No, wait, it's what I am off screen is what you are <laughs> on screen. You're playing me. No, he's nuts. The yeah. character is nuts. I used to have um, an Uncle Billy mm -hmm. that was that was Uncle Marvin. Oh, really? Uncle, yeah, Uncle Billy took my family for a, a oh, run, geez. man. Oh, Yeah, it was the fish store incident. Oh, bankrupted my, my dad and shut yeah, your grandma's was, balls yeah 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 oh so man. marvin i feel like i'm i'm are playing you, and are I'm you play? playing. okay cool yeah well it's so fun having you and, yeah uh, and i am curious what's gonna happen yeah well i'm curious you're going too. to london to make a movie so what the fuck yeah we'll see what happens but i mean well you yeah. know i, I was going june yeah in june now, do they already have a script or they're working on it no, no, we haven't gotten a script yet, but they're working on it. We have an idea about where we're going. So they've told you like a story, uh, like Curb. People always want to know, you know, what what, what are you doing with the Curb? You're the, I'm not going to tell you. Right. Why would I ruin it for you? You know. Right. And then you know, whenever reporters that I know I shouldn't, but you know, and then I say, well, the show is more of the same yet different. Yes. Because you want that's you know. By the way, especially in television, like you know, Game of Thrones, even more of the same every year. But different. You know, when I've done interviews before that are recorded, if I say something that's not nice about somebody, sometimes I just go, please don't put that out. Oh, that's we haven't said anything. That, no, no, we haven't. Yeah, yeah. No, but I don't want to say anything, even if somebody I don't like, I don't like saying anything that, that's not nice. I don't, there's no need for negativity. You know, like if someone's an asshole, people know it, people don't. It's none of my business. Yeah, enjoy, man. Yeah. That ain't me. So I don't, I, 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 I look down on myself. I mean, I can make fun of Kong the movie. I mean, that was a money. No, but you're thing. supposed to, I mean, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I can, you know, even talk about people's performances because, you know, where you become sort of mean in terms of you talking about people's performances when they're doing a really good piece of work and everyone's liked them, you don't. But unless it's really something intelligent. It's not good, but right. you know if somebody sucks, you know like even the, what's what, what's her name who I said was pretty good it was it was beautiful and good. Um, what's a dude's name from Breaking Bad? Aaron Paul. What was that movie he did about stealing cars and? Uh, I'm gone in sixty seconds. Gone in 60 I can't believe maybe. I remembered it. Or something like something that. like that. And I saw him and I said something very insulting. I said you were and by the way the movie is not very good, but he was completely miscast. And I told him and I don't think he. By the way. He is so cool with me, and we get along great, and I fucking love that guy. But when I told him that the first time, he was very confused. But the point being is, right. the lead guy is supposed to be a douchebag badass who you just really you don't care about. Aaron Paul, the minute he walks out on screen, you go, oh, I so care about what happens to that guy. And he's very sweet. Huh. You know, even his darkest moments on Breaking Bad, the dude's sweet. And so he's on Breaking Bad. Somebody goes, let's put a movie around him wrong movie huh. and I was right it didn't make money it's not like I'm a genius right. saying what I'm saying he and it's to. not and it's not insulting to Aaron Paul who when he's cast right is just like I'm Breaking Bad so wonderful and beautiful yeah. I mean, his performances are beautiful you know and he's a really good actor you know but he's got that's one of the thing is it's like it's not a matter of going out of your wheelhouse but it's like 
Well, yeah, he, you know, you know what you do. Now, if you want to try well, he something, he wanted to try something different. Yeah, Everyone yeah. wants to be, you know, what yeah. they're not in real life. He wanted to be a badass douchebag riding around yeah, in fast yeah. cars and getting lady. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. No, by the way, I don't blame him for taking. No, sometimes you can pull it off, and sometimes you can't. You know, no, I, there's I don't a think... want. You know? Yeah, like I want to be a fucking gangster, badass. You know? By the way, if you weren't, be funny. But you could play uh, what's his name, Capone. Thank you for saying you, that. You could do a really good fucking I Capone. would love to do that and just be you like, would, you would tear never make Capone. anyone laugh during it. But here's the thing, though. Is you said make anyone laugh. No, not. But I mean, that's I like the, totally dramatic. But, but, that, but that's like the joke is it's hard to be a dramatic actor. It's hard to be, it's extraordinarily hard to be a great dramatic actor. It's hard to be a concert violinist. It's hard to be a mediocre comedian. Yeah. Let alone someone who's really funny and can do that on stage. That is harder. That's the hardest art form that there is. Yeah. So the idea that you could pull off Capone, eh, you could do it in your sleep. You're fu- so fucking funny. You're such a high level, man. Make me laugh every day. Um, thanks, Bob. You're welcome. It's true, though. You uh... I laugh at you all day on the set. Whether we're on screen or off screen, you're making me laugh. You, uh, so you were in, you were the voice in, like, the main, only voice in Wally. Wally. No, there was some other voices. Yeah, but. I was 95% right. of the speaking parts in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I that love was that weird. Movie. Yeah. I mean, for a movie that the first, I mean, it's just beeps and boops the first five. That's my stage name. <laughs> they gave me that nickname, because that was my idea on Wally. Put in some beeps and <laughs> Uh, movie to work on. It's the best thing that I've ever done in my life, and it's the best <laughs> thing I've ever been associated with, and that even includes um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Because huh. there are things that are so brilliant. Like, I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is a great comedy. I'm very, very proud of it. One of, maybe one of the all time best. However, <clears throat> when something's truly brilliant, like most Pixar movies, they appeal to the smartest person in the room and the dumbest person in the room and everybody in between. That's not true of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right, right. You know? So, as much as... It's a pretty... I guess maybe... It depends how you use the word, but real brilliance is when you make it... When there's a movie, like a, a movie on a grand scale, like some movie that we all, as a... As a uh, the human race whoever sees movies embraces it and goes, this is something extraordinary, you know? Yeah. And I look at Wally as being that. What is going on? What is, what is, what do you, what do you, what do you, wait, wait a minute, hold on. We're doing a podcast, but you're going to be oh, on it now. Come here, it's my wife, Marla. Oh, no, no, wait, 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 come here one second. You're dressed as Mrs. Farley. Was home. Oh, you drove in her car. No, she took me, yeah. Rope. Uh, we thought she was home this whole time. Oh. Her oh, friend no. picked her up and picked her up. I... How was, was your Mrs. Roper costume? She time. went to a party. Oh, no, no, no. Where you had a dress. Did you see all the pictures I sent you? No, I didn't see any of them. No, my see, phone yet. It was every 70 star. It was really there. Oh, it was every there. I mean, Fern went tonight. Martin Mull was there. We had, I took a picture of Jay Johnson oh, no, from Soap. Oh, wait a second. Oh, don't do that. Oh, no, no, no I didn't want to. Mar, 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 wait, wait, wait. Mar, Mar, wait. The point I want to make is you didn't even say whose party it was. It's fine. Okay. Don't it was worry. great fun. Good. It was great fun. But you went to a party tonight, I was going to explain to people listening, where it was someone's birthday and they wanted you to dress as your favorite 70s sitcom star. And my wife went as uh, Mrs. Mrs. Roper from uh, Three's Company. And she's wearing her costume without the wig. Okay. And I love you. I I thought that, I swear, I I said, oh, she's home, because both cars were there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye. It's good to meet you. (laughs) Who would you go as? I wouldn't get him go. No, but who would you go? I spent the night with you. I know, but who would you go as? I wouldn't dress as anyone. Like, that not, was a not even like Magnum P.I. or something? No, I have to put on a Hawaiian shirt and go out with a fake mustache and curl up my hair. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. To me... I think I would go as Larry. Me, Larry from Three's Company. Larry from Three's Company, yeah. the neighbor, who's a very good actor. He's an acting teacher. Or, well, I don't know what the story is. Anyhow, 
the, the uh, uh, yeah, I love seventies television, but I'm not dressing as those people. That's not my homage. <laughs> I would dress as I, I would dress as me from the future, traveling into the nineteen seventies, <laughs> and dress like I do now. And everyone go, "You're a party pooper," and I go, "Fuck you," and I leave. <laughs> That's my plan. By the way, I remember watching. The episode of Happiness where he jumped the shark. Yeah. And I was worried whether or not he's going to be able to jump the yeah, shark. I was I love worried. that show. I was into it. But it was absurd. A small town from Milwaukee, family, and the guy suddenly in Hollywood, was he jumping? I don't know what he's doing, jumping off the shark. But that's Whoever came with that term, I forgot. It's fucking good. Were you happy about the outcome of the Oscars? Did you watch it? Okay, a couple thoughts. Number one, I did a show that night. Number two, I fucking hate award shows. Yeah. Even especially when I'm a nominated, it's just sitting there is just painful. The idea of awards in general. You've been nominated for Emmys and uh... Emmys. We won a Golden Globe, Curb, yeah. for best show, but Emmys, yes. Academy Award too. I've been nominated as a. I, I, produ I executive produced a movie called um, Finding Vivian Myers, a documentary. Really. About a woman who was a nanny who. Turns out to be one of the great street photographers of all time, and that was nominated for an Academy Award. And then Wally won an Academy Award. Right. And I went when Toy Story Three was nominated for an Academy Award. Huh. I went to the Academy Awards. Did and, they invite you? How does that work? Uh, yeah, you get invited. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pixar had a certain amount of tickets. Right. That was given, and then um, Finding Vivian Meyer, they they you get a ticket, you know. Yeah. Fantastic Beast was nominated. I wasn't invited. But it was nominated for Best Picture. No, that's not. That's true. And you might be nominated as nominated for Best Picture if you won Best, you know, or nominated for Best Supporting. But it's all, here's the thing about it, man. It's like from the controversy of who the host is every year. Right. And, and, and Jimmy uh, uh, Kimmel, what I saw he did, he did great, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. A, by the way, that to me is the number one no-win job of all time. Right. There's no winning. If a hundred people like you, a hundred people aren't going to like you. Right. You know, if the ratings are up, they're going to be just down. With, with It's all, it's just you cannot win. It, it just can't. No one goes down in history. It's like, you know, like I remember watching. Billy Crystal, I mean. Okay, I remember watching Steve Martin when he hosted. Oh, right. The, the first time before the Alec Baldwin one. Steve Martin hosted myself. It was one of the greatest performances. I was intrigued. Right. I obviously watched every minute of the show. Right. And then I heard people talking about it, saying how shitty it was. And I'm like, you know, it's like. How do you not see how... So it's no winning. So I purposely... Uh, I perform on Sunday nights of the Academy Awards, if, unless I have to go. But what do you do? You do stand-up? Yeah. Oh, cool. Man. Yeah, I do stand-up every, every year. And then oh. um, uh, I just... Well, what was the thing? So I, I did that. Oh, well, obviously, you know, you see the highlights of what happened. It was really awesome to see just a, a huge love like that yeah it was so real and good yeah poor warren Beatty, like going what the fuck yeah and then, then uh, what's her name with him faye dunham going give me that you know all right lady right and then who's gone from the stage when it happens she's no longer anywhere near the stage right because she just yelled out the wrong thing right you know as much as warren Beatty was confused people were like why didn't he say something well, she took it, saw the same shit that he did, and yelled it out. Well, she, I, 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 I think she probably didn't see the fine print. She just saw La La Land. No, but she just saw her ego. That oh. was a case of ego. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Like she wanted she, to read it. She wanted to read it. It's like, yeah, yeah. fuck, I'll let Warren. All right, Warren, give me the fucking thing. Yeah. And so that moment, by the way, it was a mistake made by the Academy, but she would have been really impressive if she would looked down and went, Hey, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is this? this? Yeah, yeah. She would have looked like, all right, this is this is a, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you see the way she read. Watch it again. La la man. Like, <laughs> like she's just you know, she's sharing in all our joy. Yeah. That always is a weird. Did one. you see La La Land? I did see La La Land. What did you think? Well, I as a jazz nut didn't huh. like that part. You didn't? Did not. It was not real. Every jazz person wow. I talked to. But not that I'm a jazz person. Why wasn't it real? It was just very. It was, uh, stop playing that avant-garde shit, you know, he tells him in the movie. That was the most beautiful tune. No, Justin Hurwitz, no. Oh. He wrote the score. Oh, right, right, He's right. also uh, working this year on Curb Your Enthusiasm as a producer. Really? So, I, you know, been around. So, I enjoyed the music. I thought I understood Evan it. Evan Hansen on Broadway he wrote, too. Yeah. yeah. Very, yes. Yeah. 
And um, so anyhow, I really liked the ending of the movie. I thought the ending was pretty fucking brilliant of what could have been. Right. The other alter. I love stuff like that. Yeah. And so I thought the ending was good, and I enjoyed it. And I thought everybody was good. I mean, I enjoyed it. I like it. You know, people. You know, some people. Don't, you know, movies now for Academy Award, and people are talking about it, and it's a really good movie. But when you hear people talk about it, it sounds like it's the worst movie ever because they want to show their disdain for why would they nominate that? And my thing is, man, have you ever seen who wins awards? Have you ever seen who's nominated? It ain't the best people. Huh. Sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's like it's all what the politics. Fuck? It's all who buys. Yeah. Know. So it's all. But I'm thinking the back. Emmys the same thing. It's any award show I've ever been to, ever seen. It's like really that one. Okay. Yeah. And when people say we uh, we should have won, no, you shouldn't. You weren't nominated. Right. You could have won if you were fucking nominated. Right. And so but that takes money. It takes a fucking it, but, campaign. But it's like who even knows who's voting? Like for example, when Curb used to be nominated for an Emmy every year, we'd never win. Friends, Everybody Loves Raymond, Modern yeah. Family. It was always the network shows. Now that I'm on a network show. We'll never get nominated because everything's about the Amazon and Netflix and HBO. It's like off the beaten path stuff. Everything that's nominated, and that's what wins. But it is exciting because maybe Curb will finally win an Emmy uh, right. next year. You know the Emmys because we're the first. No, we're the second. Here's the thing: there've been many sort of off the beaten path shows and different shows bringing things in different directions like Hill Street Blues brought some realism uh, Buffy the Vampire Sailor Sailor <laughs> Slayer um, Curb opened the door to a lot of shows but the show that opened the door to Curb there was only one huh. and that and it didn't open the door to the other shows but it opened the door to us which led to things like The Office and Parks and Rec and shit like that and that is um, Larry Sanders Oh, yeah. I was lucky enough. I love that show. I wasn't really close with uh, uh, um, Gary. Gary, but I was friends with Gary. And I was lucky enough to have this moment, and it means the world to me, and it meant more to him. So I'm doing my, he's doing my podcast, yeah. which we never aired. He asked us not to. All right. Really? Yeah, you didn't want to. So um, it, was, it was really good, just, you know. Because he was preparing for an HBO special, he said, and a lot of the stuff he didn't want. It became very interesting when he stopped doing bits, which were all funny, mind you, and was just grounded in there, yeah. you know. But so anyhow, towards the end of the show, I say, I want to thank you for something really specific. He says, what? I go, well, without the Gary Shandling show there, and I mean the Larry Sanders show. Right. Gary, it's Gary Shandling show is great, too. Right. But without the Larry Sanders show, there'd be no Curb Your Enthusiasm. And huh. then that's a fact. Yeah. No, no, I, I know, because I'm part of the creation of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And so I know... You use that as a as a foundation. Well, no, it, it inspired me. Sure. To, to think differently about how television comedy right. could go. And so I said that to him yeah. at my show, and he was beaming. He was so happy, huh. because I know... He had to have watched Curb over the years and thought, fuck, if not for me. And me saying that to him, right. my God. It just made him so happy. Was Larry Sanders, was that a lot of improv? Some improv. Felt like it. Some improv, but, I mean, the talk show stuff might have been more. But the thing about it was, it was the first, to my mind, grounded. Because it's Gary Shannon's show, which I mentioned which was a broad thing, and that was like Burns oh, and yeah, Allen and Jack Benny and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It goes, it harkens back to something else. But Larry Sanders' show, there was never anything like it. No. It was the most grounded, real comedy. So a guy like me watching that thinks, oh, I'm going to make grounded, real comedy. Yeah. Boom. You know? And so if it wasn't for that show, our show would not exist. That, by the way, Larry David would have created something else that was funny and great, probably, because he's brilliant. Sure. But this came about, this, you know, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm came about because of the Larry Sanders show, without a doubt. 
100%. Because I know what goes out of my mind. Is there anything that... Because this has been lovely. Yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Please, I want people to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't... You know, Goldberg's, they watch. You Whatever. Curb's coming out in August. But please watch the first ever Netflix mystery movie, which starts streaming on Friday, May 5th on Netflix. Handsome. Handsome. And I hope you dig it. You know, you'd be great in, if, I, if, if it's successful and I do more to be a villain. To be the bad guy. Oh, man. No, you'd be fucking great. I got to figure out something for that. Well, hope, because if this is successful, they'll make more and more, you know? Yeah. So, because it, and hopefully we'll make, oh, maybe also if you think of a, a, a mystery movie character that you want to do a South Crime, I can do that with you, too. I'm Ooh. saying that now on your podcast. <laughs> you but like that, huh? You like that subject. Well, I love the idea of different characters in a mystery situation. I love that stuff. Yeah. My, my two favorite things are, I mean, in terms of what's always good for comedy is, is a, is a uh, um, uh, um, I was about to say a narcissistic crisis. Somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, what you will call it, existential crisis. Right. Existential crises in people always lead to interesting comedy. Uh, and um, Drugs. And drugs, well, they, uh, no, not interesting, but fun, you know. Um, no, uh, uh, and what was the and, and um, what did I just say before I said the two things? You said you love looking at nude pictures of, ah, I don't love nude. By the way, if you hear me, he just got me baked, so know that that's why I'm forgetting. shit. <laughs> Usually a, a little more. I, I had to. I had to, so I could yeah, keep up with you. Well, I, we should end now because I got to pee. All right, great. All that's right. a good. That's that a was good a really good out. session. All right, good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh my.